0: back it's the super flex super show it's week nine and it is your super flex standard operating procedures i'm john hoag as super flex dude joining me this week is our own our our doctor our resident doctor ethan turner at Turner ff underscore pt doing your first uh, sops with us doc
1: yeah i'm excited this is this is different um I, i'm still probably going to throw a little injury flare in there um but but i am excited to to, to, to talk about uh some something besides injuries this week
0: yeah that's perfect though to, to get that just that little mix in there just because uh every week you know whether i'm i'm talking with james or brian or stompy uh, we always end up just kind of speculating. We we talk about someone, and we're like, you know, I wonder what what Ethan is going to say uh, about this guy later in the week. Um, so, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be able to get some a little bit of insight here a little early. Um, we're not going to hold you to anything because uh, it's way too early in the week to to know with a lot of this. But some of this stuff um, is going to be pretty useful. So. Uh, before we get to the SOPs, just want to tell you all about another podcast from the DLF family of podcasts, uh, the Trade Addicts podcast. Every week hosts Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse, and Brian Haar, our own Brian Har at Brian Haar FF. They examine the news and action from the NFL and work it all into actionable dynasty trade advice, and they will review trades to examine player values and situations. So just year-round, keeping, keeping you up to date on player values and uh, just just kind of some trade strategies, um, overviews of trades. And then they also go into uh, trades that have actually occurred in a Trade Addicts podcast, just to kind of give you a frame of reference. So one of the absolute best, hosted by two of the absolute best people on the entire face of the earth. And you can get access to that podcast as well as the Superflex Super Show and all of the great podcasts from DLF by simply subscribing to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. All right, Ethan, let's get to the SOPs, and we always start with uh, just some ads. These are guys who are fairly low ownership uh, in Yahoo leagues. Um, and who are likely going to be high waiver priorities in most fantasy leagues this, this week. Uh, Particularly. I mean, we, we, we focus obviously on super flex, not a whole lot going on at quarterback, although we do have one to talk about here. So um, I think what we'll do here is I'll just run down the list real quick. I'm going to give you the names here and just a quick, uh, you know, a quick reason for, why we feel like they might be a priority and then i'm gonna throw it over to you and see what you're thinking as far as priorities and uh and uh how much you're gonna budget for each of these players so first up and real quick disclaimer here we're recording this at the very beginning of the monday night game uh between miami and pittsburgh so we're, we're missing a little bit of context there. We're also missing some information with the trade deadline on Tuesday. Um, So some of this is definitely subject to change, but with the information that we have right now, uh, here's some players for you. Mark Walton and Kalen Balazs, the running back committee in Miami. Uh, Now that Kenyon Drake has been traded to Arizona. Um, those two, uh, those two running backs look to look, like, like they'll, uh, split up the workload for Miami. Trey Carson, who ended up being, uh, the, the primary back, the feature back in Detroit after we spent all that money last week on Ty Johnson. Uh, it ended up being Trey Carson was the feature guy. Brandon Allen, he's going to get the start at quarterback for the Denver Broncos this week, uh, with Joe Flacco out with, uh, with a uh a dis- hernia- disc herniation yeah
1: disc herniation. Um, we'll talk about it here in a second yeah right and allen sounds like a create a player uh quarterback <laughs> on madden i just want to throw that out there <laughs> it's just the gonna- most generic white quarterback <laughs> name ever hopefully he's white i don't even really know
0: i'm yeah i'm i'm sure he probably is it's kind of yeah, it, it probably is like the default face, like number one, in fact, and like not even. Didn't oh, yeah, so it's face.
1: absolutely. <laughs> this is, just go take a moment and go look up Brandon Allen, and you will find the most, the most, most generic white dude with a beard <laughs> that you will ever find. He's like Brock Osweiler, but worse. Just the, uh, most the most generic white quarterback. <laughs> He's exactly what I expected him to look like, actually.
0: Just kind of a generic white, just a generic person, really. Looks like. Um, yes,
1: very much so. I,
0: I found a picture here where he's got a uh fairly unique hairdo. That helps a little, but uh yeah, just just kind of a dude. Um, but yeah, he's he's gonna be a starting NFL quarterback at least for a week. So uh we will have to talk about him. Uh Boston Scott, running back for the Eagles, who so Miles Sanders went out, I believe with a shoulder injury. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's a shoulder, but it's, they've said it's pretty mild. So okay. I don't, all the reports are, it's, it's pretty minor injury, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, th- again, there's no advantage to actually being forthcoming with your injury, uh, talk when it comes to these guys. So we'll see if he's actually, if it's actually just mild or if he doesn't practice all week.
0: Yeah. So we'll, yeah. So we'll have to, uh, We'll we'll touch on that, um, and we'll we'll kind of proceed as if you know. There's at least a possibility that Miles Sanders misses some time, and I th- I actually think Boston Scott belongs in on this list, anyways. Um, so we'll definitely uh, talk about him. Uh, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver for the LA Rams. Brandon Cooks with his uh, second second concussion of the year. The, see, this is why you're here. The the like these are very injury driven. But Brandon Cooks concussed. Again, um, I, I, I know say- he
1: has a long history of concussions. Um, I'm not entirely sure uh, if this is the second one this year. I'd have to go back through. I should be able to find it here pretty quick though.
0: Okay. In the meantime, uh, Danny Amendola, wide receiver for the Lions. Uh, there's uh, there's kind of two parts to this. First of all, he was uh, he was certainly involved uh, for the Lions in Week Eight. And second of all, there's also a little bit of a speculative angle uh, with the trade deadline approaching and the Lions kind of putting themselves on the market as sellers. Uh, already selling Quandre Diggs. Marvin Jones could be another trade uh, target. Uh, Alex Erickson, wide receiver for the Bengals. Um, hard, it's just a little hard to ignore what he's been doing over the last few weeks uh, as, uh, as one of the top perimeter wide receivers for for cincinnati Johnu smith tight end for uh for the tennessee titans uh, again an injury driven one here but if delaney walker continues to miss time we saw Johnu smith actually was the leading why the leading pass catcher uh for the titans this week against a pretty bad bucks defense uh cameron Brait, uh tight end for uh tampa bay and uh, this, again, more than anything, going to be a little bit speculative. Um, O.J. Howard did miss the game with an injury, uh, but there's also uh, quite a bit of, of buzz around the possibility of him being traded. Um, Anthony Miller, wide receiver for Chicago, and he ended up being uh, the top wide receiver in terms of yardage uh, for Chicago this week. And then finally, Chris Conley monster game for the Jaguars at the wide receiver position Uh, on uh, uh, as uh, I think D.D. Westbrook ended up going out I I don't know that that necessarily affected Conley Um, I think he was off and running before that happened anyway so nice list of names to get to here so I'm going to start Ethan with just a very basic question who's your top priority this week in a super flex league
1: (laughs) Man, this is tough because to me, honestly, I don't see a lot of long-term value in most of these guys. I think Danny Amendola has been a, a pretty consistent, if you play in a PPR league, uh, he's a guy that's been very consistent this season. Obviously, injury is always a risk uh, of an injury with him. You know, He's not a very big guy, but uh, he's really caught Matt Stafford's eye um, as far as p- as putting up points. Um, just in just in volume of catches. Uh, the other guy I really like is Johnny Smith. um I was high on him coming into last week. so if I'd have been on the show uh, last week, he would have been probably my next week this week guy. so uh, I, I hit on that one. i am not just a doctor. I actually do know some stuff about fantasy too.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean he led
1: he led the team in in uh, in yards and he obviously had a touchdown this week um and you you could have got him for free last week. so um, he's a guy that I think could his athleticism and Ryan Tannehill's, uh, he he's gone over 63 lo- yards the last two weeks. So, uh, with Delaney Walker out with an ankle injury that has really plagued him since he had the major injury last year, it's kind of bothered him all year. I almost wonder if this isn't Johnny Smith's time to kind of emerge as the number one option there. Um, I can also see a, a situation where Delaney Walker gets shipped to a contending team at the trade deadline. He's kind of my, uh, one of my surprise trade targets that I think a, a team like New England might go after um, just in this last year to try to get one more weapon on that team as if they don't have enough already. Um, so I'd probably put those two uh, Amendola and Smith as my two kind of um, highest guys, Anthony Miller. I really like. Um, he was he was banged up to start the year. I think he disappointed a lot of people. So there's probably a lot of people that are scorned by him. Who knows what Chicago's going to do at quarterback? Um, even if it's Trubisky, um, I think this team is kind of in for some bounce back in the second half of the year. If you're needing running back help, uh, man, Mark Walton hasn't looked good the last couple weeks as the lead back. But uh, he, you know, volume is king, so he's definitely getting. At least he's starting, so that's that's you got to pay attention to those guys that are starting. Besides that, I'm not really interested in any of the, the other running backs that you mentioned. Boston Scott, I guess, would be interesting if if Sanders does end up uh, missing some time. But uh, Trey Carson, I still think Ty Johnson is the better player. Um, I think he burned us last week, and I think that Patricia played a little bit of Belichick there, where he just got a little cute with his running backs. Eventually, I think Johnson's. Uh, athleticism is going to win out in that backfield. So I'm probably staying away from Trey Carson. But besides oh. that, that's kind of how I would rank these guys. I think Erickson's another one that's kind of in that Amendola. Um, I don't think I'm spending much more than 15% of my fab on any of any one particular guy um, in this group that we talked about.
0: And you think Amendola, Jonu Smith, those are the guys who – who you're willing to at least entertain the idea of going 15%.
1: Yeah. I would say if I really needed help as like a wide receiver three, i um, I'm which I'm, I'm in that situation right now in Scott fishbowl actually. So um, Amandola is probably a guy that I'm going to spend a little bit of money on uh, just because I need, I need some kind of production, some kind of consistent points. And I really feel like he's the one that's got probably the highest upside to give that to me on a weekly basis.
0: Okay. So let me throw a hypothetical at you. And again, we, we have no idea what's going to happen. This is extremely speculative to us right now. And, and maybe even a little hard to, uh, to imagine, but we, there has been a lot of talk about OJ Howard. Uh, at first it was Tampa Bay is not going to trade him away. And then they kind of softened on that, but it still is going to take a pretty sweetheart deal. Uh, in, or in order to, uh, to pry OJ Howard away is is what we're being told. Um but with the trade deadline uh you know a little under 24 hours from the time of this recording if OJ Howard were to be traded away does Cameron Bray interest you at all uh is is a kind of a uh are, are you going to scramble for Cameron Bray do you do you do you put him above Jonue Smith Assuming Delaney Walker remains with the Titans.
1: Yeah, I think you have to from just a, I mean just a long term value. If Walker stays with the Titans, I still think he's gonna end up starting um, over Smith. I, I can I hope I hope that they would see the value in, in playing the more athletic younger guy. Uh, but but Delaney Walker has been a staple in that that offense for so long. I don't think they they just kick him to the curb. Um yeah, I think Brait would have. If you're looking for an answer at tight end for multiple weeks, I mean, I, I think he's he's probably the less attractive but safer option. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of Brait, and I'm not really a huge fan of how they've been using their tight ends uh, just in general. But I, again, you gotta gotta go where the volume is, and uh, I think that Brait could end up being a uh, pretty reliable. Uh, five to eight target guy um i'd be going after a guy like noah fant personally um just because i think we saw them trying to get him more involved and i'd rather pay up um for a fan than take a then spend fab on Brait. that's just my personal opinion though
0: yeah that's definitely fair especially in dynasty which you know we end up with a a mostly dynasty slant here um although i guess no offense probably owned in a lot of those dynasty leagues but even in redraft i think that's a, a fair statement uh i i mean Cameron braid is still gonna probably be pretty touchdown dependent now you know Jameis winston definitely targets him in the red zone so you know it's it's a little bit better odds than you know your average tight end uh that he gets in the end zone but um, yeah, I, I mean a lot of stuff has to fall into place here for that to even come into play. Uh let's talk real quick just about um the uh the Denver quarterback situation, uh particularly Joe Flacco. Now there's there's kind of the idea out there that uh maybe the the real injury is diarrhea of the mouth.
1: <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> I can't <laughs>
1: confirm that, but it <laughs> certainly looks uh pretty con- yeah, uh, it, you know, it's pretty suspicious, I guess. That <laughs> it could at least be a <laughs> byproduct. <laughs> as soon as he opens his mouth, he he ends up uh, with this pretty. Sounds like a significant neck injury. Again, I don't, I don't know if that's really the case. Uh he looked pretty. He, his neck looked okay when he was, you know, running his mouth about his coaches <laughs> and his team sucking and all of these other things. But uh, if they say right. he's hurt, you know, maybe he is hurt. I don't know.
0: So they, they were working on his, his neck on the sideline. Uh, and then, uh, but I mean, he returned to play that. I think that was in the third quarter, if I remember right. And he ended up finishing the game. Um, he took several more hits after that, in fact, including just a, a bone rattling hit to end the game. Um, it, so, I mean, it, it's, it's very possible that the injury is legit. It just, so, you know, they, they, have talked a little bit about IR being a possibility, which at this point in the season, that would be season ending, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, you know, that, that tells me that one of two things, either, you know, that, that injury was more significant than what they knew at the time and just didn't have, you know, the opportunity to do a, a thorough evaluation or they're, you know, it, there, it, there is an injury there, um, but it's not it, it's not nearly as extreme as uh, what they're making it sound like. And if he doesn't get up on it, behind the podium and, and, you know, just completely throw the coaching staff under the bus, then I maybe IR isn't in play. So I, and I think that I, I mean, that's all me speculating. So it, it works out perfectly that you're here to kind of shine some light on on maybe some of the possibilities here
1: yeah i think that i think the thing with the neck injury and we're just uh again i'm just going to assume that he does have a neck injury um even though it's 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 funny to joke about these guys not actually being hurt these guys are gladiators they probably are all hurt some way shape or form um as far as how he could have gotten back in if it was really this significant of a neck injury if a lot of that depends on subjective what he tells the docs on the sideline yeah it it could be something where man maybe he's getting some numbness tingling down into his arm but it's not his throwing arm so he doesn't really care as much about it um but then once he finally gets checked out they realize on an mri that maybe there is some more compression than what they uh, initially Expected there to be, and maybe does need some type of surgery or something to relieve that pressure. I don't know. Um, I, Again, that's just one of. I'm just speculating from the sidelines on why that that could have been not an issue, but now it uh, it is an issue. Um, Again, it's we're just speculating, of course. That the the joke being that is oh, he just throws his team under the bus, and then. Now he's going to end up on the IR. Like <laughs> maybe John Elway got a hold of him. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's what hurt his neck. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he stuck his neck out there pretty far to get hurt. So um, we're going to see. We're going to see what Brandon Allen has. Um, I, I know we're going to talk about the guy who I think is is really probably the rest of the season option for this team, just because I think they're, they kind of backed themselves into a corner here. But um, we'll talk about him later. But, you know, uh, as far as the injury goes, it's it's probably there's probably some truth to both sides.
0: Yeah. Okay. So obviously Joe Flacco misses this week uh, at or is it at Cleveland? Um, I know they play Cleveland. Oh uh, No, they're they're at home. So that helps a little bit. Uh, Cleveland secondary hasn't been great, although they finally got Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams back. Um, and then the following week, the Broncos are on by. So, you know, I, I, I guess kind of what we're wondering is what Joe Flacco um, is. If you had to guess, is this more than a two week recovery time? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So
1: I'm, I would be surprised based on what they've said about it. If it really is his neck, um, And it's a disc herniation. I would be surprised if we see him in the next month, to be honest.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good time to, uh, to open your mouth and start, start (laughs) firing off at the the coaching staff when you know that not ideal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do? Bench me. My head is barely stabilized on top of my shoulders right now. Uh, so so, I mean, I I guess that we do have to kind of consider Brandon Allen here. So, we're going to get to Drew Locke a little bit later. Uh, he's he's eligible to come off of IR. In fact, I think he was eligible to come off of IR this past week. And now they have 21 days to activate him. Yes. Um,
1: in Very the main complicated time. system. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then yeah. they've got two weeks to actually practice before they can bring him out. It's... It's a big mess. It's very complicated. It's not yeah. worth getting into.
0: At yeah. some point, I think
1: we see Drew Locke. I think that's the gist of this.
0: Really? Okay. Okay. So for this week, it looks it, obviously it's going to be Brandon Allen in Week Nine uh, at home against Cleveland. Decent matchup again. I I think that this is it's a better Cleveland defense than what we've seen. You know, for the last you know five six weeks. Um, I. And then they have to uh, – they're also going to have to come up with an emergency or a, a backup quarterback, not an emergency. But it's either going to be Drew Locke comes off of IR in week nine uh, to fill it – to serve as a backup, or they bring up Brett, Brett Ripian from the practice squad. Um, I – I guess the moral of the story, the reason that I go into all the logistics involved here is just, is mostly to say that I think Brandon Allen is pretty safe with that job for one week. And in a super flex, you know, where you've got, even though this is a quarterback who's never taken an NFL snap, I think that you probably have to take it a little bit seriously. Again, you know, a decent matchup here. Uh, We've got, um, another how many teams? Oh man, we've got a lot of buys this week, too. Uh, to navigate. So, uh, Atlanta's on Buy So, no Matt Ryan, no Drew Brees. The Saints are on bye. No Jared Goff with the Rams on bye. Uh, Andy Dalton's on bye. So, um, so we've got what was that? Four quarterbacks on bye.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's oh. there's definitely a, a chance that he's is he worth the spot start to you, um, yeah. as opposed to a third wide receiver slash running back. I mean, do you think he's going to score enough points to justify him over a wide receiver three? Like, is he going to score wide receiver three numbers?
0: Yeah, and it, for for super flex purposes, I think that I'm. Probably, man. <laughs> it 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 is kind of tough still, you know. Um, I but yeah, I think ultimately, I think I'm he's worth not... picking
1: up speculatively.
0: Yeah, if you need yeah, a
1: quarterback, could... especially. He's worth picking up because it very well he could blow up, and and then you've got a starter for the rest of the year, and and you look like a genius. I mean, he has yeah. talent, at least somewhat, has talent around him. So I mean. Portland Sutton's no joke, uh, you know. Noah Fan is hasn't been great, but I think he's shown some potential. If he catches the ball a little bit more, I mean, there's, you know, two good running backs. I mean, there's there's a chance that Brandon Allen could be a, a game manager in the league. So I think that's he's worth he's worth a, a speculative pickup in the hopes that maybe he blows up, even if it's just on your bench.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I, I think that there are probably going to be people in a situation where, you know, between the, the quarterbacks who are on by, and, and not just, you know, the fact that we have four quarterbacks on by, we've got three very good and, and one <laughs> fantasy relevant quarterback on by. Um, not to mention the fact that you've got Lamar Jackson against New England, you've got Kyler Murray against San Francisco, you've got Carson Wentz against Chicago. Um, you know, you, you have Baker Mayfield who, you know, has been rough anyways, and he's at Denver. Um, so, you know, you've, you're gonna, there are going to be some people in a pretty, pretty bad situation just from the quarterback standpoint. Uh, you know, forget super flex for a minute because that one, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately you end up flexing another position, um, but there might be some people missing two quarterbacks at this point or missing oh, yeah. one quarterback. And, you know, you've got, say, you've got Matt Ryan on by, on by, and then you've got Kyler Murray as your second quarterback and he's got San Francisco. All of a sudden Brandon Allen looks like a, a fairly decent option at a position where you have to start a quarterback.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think those are the teams that maybe are going to spend a little bit more to to lock up maybe just one week of having a starting quarterback. Um, It's not ideal, but again, um, I probably would have said the same thing uh, about Garner Mishu a few weeks ago. So, you know, I think anytime a guy gets a chance, you have to at least give him a look in fantasy um, because sometimes that's all they need.
0: Yeah. And we, uh, we said all the same stuff about Brandon Allen's Madden Lab created brother, Kyle Allen, uh, when he took over the starting role. So, uh, you know, here we are five weeks later and uh, he finally he finally played the way uh, we kind of expected from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And it was against a very, very good San Francisco defense. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that there's an angle here. So if you are in that situation, what, uh, just to put a bow on this, give us a, a fab percentage. If you're just absolutely desperate at quarterback, what percentage are you comfortable throwing on Brandon Allen?
1: I'd say 15 still. Because you're 15 and that's max. That's if you think if you this is this is one of those situations where I'm looking at the other teams in my league and I'm trying to gauge, Okay, is anybody else really going to be in the market for this guy? And if I feel like if I really feel like, man, I'm the only team that is desperate at quarterback this week, uh, I I might go 10 percent if I feel like, man, somebody else, you know. Uh, somebody's only starting one quarterback, maybe they're looking, you know, maybe they've got a guy that just got hurt. Um, Maybe I'm putting a little bit more up to up to 20, maybe just to beat that guy out. But I would say 15 is probably going to win you Brandon Allen in pretty much every league. Um, And I'd probably go, I'd probably go 10% if, if I've, if I've scouted my league mates and, and nobody really seems to have any need at quarterback except for me.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. I, at the end of the day, I think people are going to be pretty apprehensive with Brandon Allen. So, so if it is that, that dire straits, I think that you're probably going to be mostly unopposed. So that definitely helps. Um, f- so for me real quick, just, uh, you know, from, the, from the dynasty angle, I definitely like, you know, targeting some of these wide receivers, especially the younger guys, Anthony Miller, for instance, uh, somewhat Chris Conley um, you know these are these are all guys who uh, who could have long-term upside and then obviously Johnnie Smith for sure um, probably slight edge over Cameron Bray even though Bray has you know he if OJ Howard were to be traded Cameron Bray to me is is in the better situation for the rest of 2019 but I think John U. Smith is going to be just kind of the long-term option at tight end for the Titans so so I'm with you there. Uh, I, the only thing I'll say is, for me, my roster construction generally relies a lot on, you know, I, I, it, I'm I, not going very heavy in my startups after running backs. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of those in my rookie draft, and I'm playing the wire quite a bit. So for me, the running backs always end up being pretty high priority, um, just because it's a revolving door at the running back position every single week. So... Um, this, this is still a tough group though, with all that being said. So Mark Walton is the, the lead back for Miami. Um, Kalen Balaj ends up being kind of the goal line back. And that, I mean, that, that really kind of hurts both of their value. Like you said, Trey Carson, uh, that could have just been a, a hot hand type of scenario. I think there's still you know, Ty Johnson is still, uh, very much in play for them. There's still a chance that they make another, they make a trade somewhere to bring in somebody. Um, they've kind of loosely been linked to Melvin Gordon, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, but you know, there's there's a chance that Detroit makes a trade here. Um, the most likely scenario is they roll with what they've got. And I think that you had that right on. I, I think Ty Johnson, JD McKissick are, are the still the guys that you want. And if they're still available on waivers, you know, go get those guys based on the fact that you can get them now at a discount while everybody else is chasing Trey Carson. I think it probably takes about 15% to get Trey Carson and there's no way I'm paying that. And the one last guy that I want to mention is Boston Scott. I know that Miles Sanders likely comes back uh, very soon. It sounds like it sounds like he's he's back next week. Boston Scott just looks like the best back in that backfield to me right now. I, I he's he's a smaller guy, and that makes it that definitely makes it tougher. But I mean, Jordan Howard is so slow, such a plotter, and Miles Sanders just is not a uh, you know between the tackles type of runner he's he doesn't seem comfortable with that and uh, meanwhile boston scott just just eye test boston scott looks like the best one to me and and with the most explosion and i i'm i'm willing to go after boston scott he's probably going to be my top priority maybe a close second to mark walton um but i think that you can get boston scott significantly cheaper I think you can get him, you might even be able to get him for free. Uh five percent tops.
1: I, I wouldn't be putting more than five percent on yeah. Austin Scott. I think you're while I see the <laughs> appeal and I do think he is probably the most I won't even say he's the most explosive, because I think Miles Sanders uh has shown in the last few weeks that he can really he can really break some plays open on unlimited on opportunities i do think boston scott is interesting in a dynasty league as a stash kind of as a darren sprouls esque player um i'm not a huge i'm not gonna say go spend a ton of fab on him but i think that it's at least worth noting uh if you have a roster spot in a dynasty league and he is available for free um, I would maybe hold him for a couple of weeks just to see what happens with this miles Sanders injury.
0: Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Especially in a deeper league. I think that, I think that's where we're really going after Boston Scott. Otherwise he's more of a next week, this week type of guy. The only reason he made it into the ads column for us is just the fact that he did get on the field late in the game. When miles Sanders went out, he even got in the end zone and now he's on people's radar. So um, so I think that we have to consider him, uh, a, more of a priority this week. Um, but this, it, it very well could be more of a long-term thing. Um, and yeah, it could, it could not pan out. That's definitely within the range of possibilities, but, um, so, but just to, just to kind of wrap this thing up, I think, um, uh, like you said at the top 15% on Mark Walton, um, You know, for some of your top guys, you know, John Smith and Anthony Miller, that's, you know, Danny Amendola, you're looking around 15%. I feel the same way about these running backs. 15% is the absolute max for me. And uh, in a lot of these cases, I don't know that that's going to get them. And again, Trey Carson, not worth the 15% to me. Um, And...
1: I think the only other guy that's interesting that we haven't really talked about for me at least is Josh Reynolds. Um, I did look it up. Brandon Cooks has had two concussions. He had one in week five, um just had another one last night. So you're talking two concussions in a month. He has a long history of concussions as well. Um, very famously getting knocked out in the Super Bowl when he played for the Patriots. So um, we talked about this with Sterling Shepard earlier in the year when you have multiple concussions um that close together, you're much more likely to miss some time. Now, the only thing I will say is that he does get a bye week. So Brandon Cooks is going to have a bye week. Uh, he's going to have more time off the bat, uh, two weeks as opposed to one to uh get healed up. But again, um that doesn't mean that he's gonna they're gonna let him come back. When you're talking two concussions, we could be talking two, three, four weeks as opposed to the normal one to two. Um, So Josh Reynolds does have some short term value in that regard, uh, just on a team that has been throwing quite a bit this this season because they can't rely on Todd Gurley. Um, Reynolds has shown when somebody is hurt that he can come in and and provide some fantasy value. So uh, that's another guy that I'm probably not. It's probably a next week this week. Um, I think he's going to get more hype as the. As the team gets closer to playing again, so he might be a guy that maybe you only put a couple bucks on. Um, hopefully, you steal him because nobody wants him on the bye week, and then you just stash him for a week, um, and you could that could pay dividends for you down the road.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's and that's uh, to me that's a perfect way to wrap this up. Sneak Josh Reynolds onto your uh, into your waiver priorities, and uh, again in those deeper leagues. To me, Boston Scott. I think you can get him super cheap. Like you can probably get him for one one percent. Um. So yeah, those those two speculative ads. I love that. Uh, let's uh let's clear some space for some people here, so um we can definitely uh, speed things up here. So I'm just gonna give you three names, and I want to know if these are guys. That are to you if these are end of bench guys that you're willing to drop for any one of the names that we already gave his ads. So first of all, Farrow Cooper, wide receiver for Arizona. Christian Kirk finally makes his return and Farrow Cooper I uh, should have pulled this up. I, I do this every week, by the way. um just kind of just kind of spitball some stats so i don't believe that pharaoh cooper recorded a target um i'll have to look that up but uh with christian kirk back pharaoh cooper just kind of goes back to the cardinals bench uh jacoby myers kind of the same thing although so they bring in muhammad sanu now they've got Edelman, Sanu, Myers, and now Nikhil Harry coming back. Those are all slot wide receiver type guys. Uh, to me, Myers, an undrafted free agent rookie, that's uh, you know that's a pretty uh, pretty easy cut. Um, but I am still curious what you think. And then I think I, I know where you stand on this one. <laughs> hear, hear me out. So Chase Edmonds running back for Arizona. Uh, who honestly has looked like the best running back in the, the for the Cardinals this season, at least to me. And, again, that's an eye test thing. But he goes out with the injury. I'm not sure even what the injury is, much less the extent. So you'll be able to tell us that part. Also, we have, we've got David Johnson coming back. And now the Cardinals trade for Kenyon Drake. So all of a sudden that depth chart is pretty loaded. I don't know. It, it could depending on how long chase edmonds is out uh and uh, you know he could still end up buried on that depth chart to a point where i don't know especially in a shallower league that he's worth hanging on to but i'm curious about your thoughts on all three guys
1: yeah, Farrell Cooper is just a return man, so drop him, get rid of him. He's not going to do any good now that Kirk is back. Uh, I like the I like the reasoning behind Jacoby Myers. Um, I think I would put Philip Dorsett in that same kind of category where uh, maybe you get one or two more weeks out of these guys being somewhat relevant, but um, with Sanu coming in, uh, with Harry coming in, Julian Edelman's going to get his. Uh, James White is still a factor. They don't have a tight end, but they could be trying to trade for one. You know, We we know that they were kind of linked to O.J. Howard. Um, if they can't get him, maybe they try to get another receiving threat at tight end. Um, so I think those two guys, I would lump uh, Dorsett in there with Myers as well. Um, Chase Edmonds, I completely disagree on. Um, I <laughs> Damn think it. that's a stupid, stupid decision. <laughs> don't listen to John. No, I think the logic behind that is good. Um, I think Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are pretty comparable um, as far as assets. Now, in Dynasty, I don't think that's the truth. I think Chase Edmonds has shown to be a little bit more valuable long term. Um, but the fact that they traded for Kenyon Drake tells us a lot about both Edmonds and his hamstring injury, um, which sounds pretty significant. He's got a strain. Um, and David Johnson, who knows what's happening with him right now? He's going to be one that I think we have to, I'm going to have to really d- dive in a little bit deeper on him this week for our injury section, which you need to check out later in the week. Uh, because I, I honestly, David Johnson is a mystery right now. Everything that they've shown us has said that it's not looking good. However, we don't know. Trade deadline's tomorrow, so uh, there's been some rumblings. Maybe he might be kind of those one under the radar guys that might be getting moved. So I don't know. That's I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think he is hurt, and I think that this move signifies to to me at least that they don't trust him to come back anytime quickly. So um, I like Edmonds. I will add a few names here um, just because I've been thinking about these guys for all week. Um, I think Chris Thompson is probably a guy you need to drop now. Um, All signs are pointing towards Darius Geis returning in week 11. Um, I know that's not close, but I just don't think that Thompson's going to – I don't think Thompson's going to be healthy enough to provide you any value before then. So I think Thompson is a guy I'd be looking to probably cut – I think Vance McDonald is probably a guy. Um, We'll see how he finishes out tonight's game. But, you know, I think that he's a guy that I would be willing to cut at this point. He just has not looked – he hasn't looked good. I mean, that's just – that's from a Steelers fan. I mean, he hasn't broken – he had one good game in week two uh, where he had 19 points in a half PPR, um, and he hasn't broken five points um, in in any other game. So I think he's a guy that's probably worth getting rid of. Um, as far as those two, I mean, those two guys specifically, Vance McDonald and, uh, sorry, Chris Thompson. Uh, are you are you willing to uh, debate me on either of those, John?
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I mean, particularly in uh, in a redraft league, I mean, there's just kind of no reason to keep waiting on either of those guys. It's a little harder for me to move move on from Vance McDonald in a dynasty. But uh I, I mean there's so many options out there right now and we gave you two of them already. Um and last week we also talked about uh Darren Fells. Um if he's still on waivers right now, I mean he's gonna be ridiculously expensive, but probably worth it. Um, you know, there and and there are gonna be some more guys who come along as well. So uh, yeah, definitely droppable. Uh, in in redraft leagues and very possibly in dynasty as well. Um, one more guy for me to throw out there too. Uh, just that uh, you know, Vance McDonald kind of reminded me of this, but Benny Snell. I think tonight is probably your last chance in a redraft league to get anything out of Benny Snell, and he was absolutely startable against Miami, but. Jalen Samuels just barely missed this game is the way I understand it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rare that I'm wrong about a guy playing or not playing. So the fact that he was practicing in full and still didn't suit up um, tells me he was pretty darn close. So um, I don't think we see Snell much more uh, once Samuels returns.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like we can plan on Samuels uh, pretty comfortably next week. Um, Let's get to some buys real quick. So these are guys that we definitely want to get on your rosters, but they're, they're heavily owned. um, And in most cases fully owned. Uh, And so, I mean, you're not going to be able to, to do it through waivers. This is, this is a a buy window and now's the time to get them. I only have one guy and then I'm going to let you go. But Leonard Fournette leading the league, both in carries and uh, rushing yards. Yeah, just make that up too, probably. Uh, but only one touchdown. <laughs> Nothing but
1: cold hard facts here. <laughs> yeah. Possibly, possibly true facts. Possibly made up. You decide.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fact check me if you're if you're really that concerned about it. But I don't think that you're going to take the time to listen to this podcast and then fact check the Superflex dude. But you can do it if you want. Uh, yeah. But only one touchdown. That there's still only one touchdown there's positive touchdown regression coming for Leonard fournette and in order for the touchdowns to match the 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 rest of the the production, you know the yardage the touches, it would mean like if if he starts scoring at the same rate as any other running back who's getting you know the same amount of touches, same amount of yards. We're talking about the, the running back one in all of football. So I this this it, it it's gonna be hard to buy low right now. I, I this isn't a very well-kept secret anymore. Uh, but you know if the Leonard Fournette owner in your league is, you know, getting tired of the fact, getting frustrated with the fact that he's not getting touchdowns from Leonard Fournette, I think that there's an opportunity here for you to upgrade. And especially in a in a redraft league, this would be the move to 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 do it. I don't know that I would want to do it in Dynasty, but I think you could upgrade from your your running back one and you know, kinda kinda disguise it as a downgrade to Leonard Fournette based on the fact that he's just not scoring as much as some of the other backs that you could get in return. Um I'm trying to I I mean I would say Dalvin Cook but he's got such a nice schedule going forward. I don't think you could do it.
1: Yeah, you can't. You'd have to get something with with Leonard Fournette to to move off of Cook at this point just with how well he's played. Yeah. Uh, that'd be Maybe, a tough one.
0: Yeah. Maybe Alvin Kamara. He's got I mean, he's got some decent matchups. Um uh, he also has some pretty tough matchups coming up. So, you know, that that's one where you could consider maybe a move from Alvin Kamara, you trade away Alvin Kamara, you get back Leonard Fournette plus. And Fournette, you know, is going to give you, uh, he's he's got a better schedule going forward. And again, just that regression, that positive touchdown regression finally coming. So it's not a super buy low, but there's an opportunity for you to to kind of upgrade your RB1. So, and then, uh, if you've got any thoughts on that, love to hear them. And then, uh, and then you're by low guys.
1: I, I love Fournette as a guy to kind of target at this point. Um, he, he's looking healthy, uh, giving you a lot of the receiving game. I think he had seven catches, uh, last week, which is, you know, something that definitely some value there as far as guys that I would, I'd be looking to possibly move to upgrade to Fournette, um in secret. Um maybe a guy like um uh, this is tough, but I mean I think not in dynasty so much, but in redraft, I would consider a guy like uh Josh Jacobs, um, David Johnson, if you can sucker someone into buying an injured player, um, package John Johnson with a, a solid wide receiver to get a Leonard Fournette. Um that could be a, a, a move that Keeps you in the playoff hunt or possibly, you know, uh, push you over the edge for the rest of the season. You know, I would sell up, hey, we don't know what's going on with David Johnson. I mean, heck, even the injury guy at the Superflex show doesn't even know what's going on with David Johnson. He could be back next week. And I think that's the, the pitch to the Leonard Fournette owner. Um, I think a guy like Marlon Mack is somebody I'd be willing to trade to get a hold of Leonard Fournette. Um, Alvin Kamara is a great one. He's banged up. I think that uh, lends to, um, what you said about trying to, uh, turn a guy that's, that's hurt, but has a lot of name value right now into somebody that, you know, can give you a lot of production. I think another guy that I'd be willing to, to maybe talk about, uh, moving at least is, is I think Tevin Coleman is kind of a, a guy that you can package with a wide receiver too. Um, you, if you, if you're dealing with someone that you know is frustrated about Leonard Fournette not scoring touchdowns, no one better to sell him than Tevin Coleman, who just ran for three, um, and and caught a pass for another one. So, you know, you say, hey, Tevin Coleman has scored more touchdowns. Uh, three times as many touchdowns this year in one game than Leonard Fournette has his whole season. I mean, touchdowns win fantasy championships. And what what are you doing with this guy? He can't get into the end zone. I think the I think the pitches are there, depending on the owner that you're trying to sell to. Um, some other guys that I think are worth looking into that have a high ownership: uh, Jacoby Brissett, especially in dynasty leagues where you need that second quarterback. Maybe you got Matt Ryan. Um, And maybe Brissette is uh, starting for a team that's not very good, um, that's maybe rebuilding, and they've got Brissette. I think Brissette has a lot of value uh, for the rest of this season especially, but possibly – I mean, they extended him, and he has looked adequate. Um, There is a chance that Brissette just needed this chance, this opportunity with uh, weapons around him to really shine. So, uh, Brissett's a guy that I'm, uh, I'm targeting pretty aggressively in all of my dynasty leagues. I'm, uh, I'm, I was just, just barely missed making a trade, um, where I would send Tom Brady away, uh, plus a little bit of draft capital to get Jacoby Brissett. Um, and, you know, I think I moved back a couple rounds, um, uh, to get Jacoby Brissett and a fourth for, for Brady and uh, a third or a second. And so, um, you know, that's those are the kind of trades I'd be looking for. Brissett's a guy that I think even if if you're competing right now, he's worth trying to buy. Uh, if you're competing for the future, I think he's still worth trying to buy, especially in Dynasty. Um, my last two are running backs, and I, I, I have a type. <laughs> um, I like running backs who catch passes and can make explosive plays. So Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler – uh sandlers Sanders is uh sandlers <laughs> i'm thinking of adam <laughs> sandler that's terrible uh miles sanders is he plays football and he i think the the injury is a buy low chance for him i think you're running out of chances to to buy him uh for what he's worth right now i think you can still get him at cost or pretty close to cost and i think that he is a guy that has shown in limited opportunities that he can be very explosive. Um, you know, we're talking about he had, he had a game uh, week three, you know, 53 yards on the ground, 73 in the air. He only touched the ball 15 times. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, he had uh, a week here where he had three catches, but 86 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, you know, last week uh, before he got hurt, Three rushing attempts, 74 yards. He's average that's almost 25 yards a carry, and a touchdown. Three receptions for 44. So, he has shown us the glimpses. And I always say you want to get these, you want to get these rookies once they show you that they have the potential. Uh, that's why I have Alvin Kamara on a bunch of leagues because once he went off a couple times, I said, okay, okay, this is enough. Um, wh- what do you want for him? You know, buy him before he becomes uh, the guy that does this every week or every other week and his value just keeps growing and growing. This is probably the last chance you get with a guy like Miles Sanders. Um and my Austin Eckler um this is this is based again uh on Melvin Gordon possibly getting traded in the next 24 hours again we're recording Monday night so we don't know what's going to happen with him but uh, Eckler has shown to to be valuable and t- to be honest he's much better (laughs) he looks much better than
0: Melvin gordon
1: has looked this year which is correct surprising but not if you look at the numbers it's not even really close that team is better with austin eckler taking the majority of the carries and catches and and touches out of the backfield so um go buy him before either one they get rid of gordon at the end of the season or they get rid of gordon in the next 24 hours um uh regardless of the price, he's shown you what his upside is when he's the guy and it's worth it. I mean, to me it's worth it. So those are my guys. I don't know if you have any uh, come at me, bro. Uh <laughs> got anything against those three.
0: You uh, you know I would if I could, but uh in this case I'm on board with all three of those. I think those are and, and Jacoby Brissett is a tough one for me because going into the season, I actually went on Twitter and said that, you know, pick up uh, now I I can't even remember his name now.
1: Um, Pick up that guy I made up,
0: <laughs> Kelly J- Chad Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Pick up this guy that I created on uh, on Madden, Brandon uh, I mean, Allen. Brandon Allen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do anything with his face or hair, but I definitely moved those sliders around when it came time to uh to set his uh, attributes. No. Uh, yeah, I thought I to me Jacoby Brissett. I mean, what we saw in 2017 felt like what we were going to continue to see and it's been anything but he has been just it, it's just night and day with him with an offensive line is just uh un- unreal so yeah now uh, that's a great buy low ish you know just based on the fact that people m- maybe still especially followers of the Superflex dude still uh are still waiting for Chad Kelly, waiting for for Brissette to turn back into a pumpkin here. Uh, let's get into just a few guys uh, to sell high on, um, and I'm going to start real quick. Sam Darnold, this is somebody that we've been talking about on the Superflex Super Show on you know quite a bit. Is more of a buy candidate for the next you know just based on how good the schedule is going forward. At this point, I think that you use that narrative to try and sell Sam Darnold. Uh, He's he's not he just has not been good. Uh, Now we've got the whole ghost thing. And on top of all that, now there's a thumb injury as well. (laughs) The ghost thing.
1: (laughs) Plus his heart. Come on, (laughs) now. Give him a break.
0: I know. know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, there's 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 kind of a lot going on here. The poor play calling of Adam Gase is starting to rear its ugly head again. You know, I I it's gonna be pretty hard to trust Sam Darnold to be the, you know, to take full advantage of this schedule. I guess that's kind of the the point here. And you know, I would even consider doing this in a dynasty league. I, I think that Sam Darnold has better days ahead for dynasty purposes. Uh, but I think that people are probably willing to pay a little bit more for a young quarterback like this in an up and coming offense. And and again, uh, above all else, I think you you your selling point here is that schedule going forward. And you know how good that schedule should be. He still gets he gets Miami twice like in the next four weeks. Or something like that. So, I mean, he's he's got an unbelievable schedule going forward. But I still think that you sell just based on the fact that, like I said, I don't think he's going to take advantage of those. And then, the other one for me is Mike Evans, and this one's a much tougher one, and it's it's way more redraft based. Um, but I I, it's still really hard to sell Mike Evans in in Dynasty and especially since you're not going to get full value because at this point, everybody's pretty sold on the idea that Chris Godwin is the wide receiver one. So you're not selling particularly high on Mike Evans in a dynasty league. It's not really worth doing. But in a redraft league, I'm just looking at his game logs here. So uh, after a slow start against some pretty good defenses, he went for 47 fantasy points against the Giants. He went for twenty points against the Rams, then and then he got absolutely goose egg by New England, by or by New Orleans, by the way, and then uh, and they came back against Carolina, uh, who had mostly kept him in check at Carolina, and uh, he gets Carolina at home and goes for twenty point six fantasy points, then came out of the buy in and just absolutely torched Tennessee. 11 catches for 198 yards and two touchdowns for 44.8 points. Those game logs are ridiculous. And I don't believe that that's going to keep, that they're going to be able to sustain that. Uh, certainly not going to sustain those 40, 40 fantasy point games. Um, but I think that you can sell him based on the idea that he probably will. Not to mention the fact that so they're at Seattle this week, not a horrible matchup, not a great one either. Um, But then he's got Arizona with Patrick Peterson. That's a matchup that has always been tough for Mike Evans. And then he's got New Orleans again, who, again, they goose egged him uh, just a couple weeks ago in week five. And Marshawn Lattimore has only been getting better since. Um, And he's always been a tough matchup for Mike Evans. So. I you know I think that there are going to be people you know there are going to be people drooling over what Mike Evans has been doing and looking at the schedule and seeing what's coming up and I think that I don't think that he's going to live up to those expectations not not really even very close
1: continue <laughs> uh, I don't agree with I, I agree with Sam Donald Uh, You got to get rid of that guy. Uh, He's his. His schedule looks good, but. They're talking about trading one of his best wide receivers. He doesn't have the weapons around him to be successful. His offensive line is pretty bad. Uh, They just traded one of their their best defensive players. So the defense isn't going to be good. Uh, Sam Darnold is. Sadly, I just don't. I think in Dynasty, he's he's worth looking at if you're losing uh, and you want to try to take him from a team that's that's winning, that is not is not going to see the value long term. Uh, Darnold was a young quarterback coming in, and I think that we have seen Belichick just absolutely demolish young quarterbacks uh, year after year after year. He knows how to trick young quarterbacks, guys that are just not experienced enough to go up against the bill belichick defense so i think that donald psyche is a little shaken right now with that just absolute i mean he just got thumped i mean that's just there's he was seeing ghosts he was seeing ghosts behind the ghosts uh the only thing he wasn't seeing was his players uh because he just looked terrible in that game uh I disagree on mike evans uh you can't sell a top five wide receiver uh considering I still think, despite the fact that he's putting up 40 point weeks, here's the thing. You can not like the consistency, which hasn't really been there, but every time he scores 40, he probably wins you that week. So if he can do it three more times, he's won you five weeks. And I'm just me personally, if you have enough depth on your team, which you should, if you're trying to win in fantasy, uh, you want a guy like Mike Evans, that can give you a boom week that wins it by himself. Um, and then you let the rest of your consistent players carry the load on those weeks. that Evans doesn't blow up and go supernova. Now that being said, I do have two wide receivers that I do think you need to get rid of. Okay. Uh, first one is Will Fuller. Yep. I think you need to get rid of him. Uh, I think you could probably sell him easier in dynasty, but even in redraft, I think you sell uh, on the, again, he's going to come back. You uh, you 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 really have to you really have to sell this one. Uh, the news isn't good right now, but I, I don't think he's going to come back really uh, and be any type of fantasy asset, even in the playoffs this year. I think this hamstring uh, issue is significant, and I think that. We might not see Will Fuller produce another fantasy wide receiver three uh, game the rest of the season. So, right now you take what you can get for him. Um, maybe you trade him. Um, maybe you package him with someone else to try to make an upgrade at another position. Um, I don't know what you have to do, but you 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 prob- you should probably get rid of this guy on your redraft teams um, for sure. The second guy is Terry McLaurin. Um, Terry McLaurin is a good wide receiver. Um, and this is this one is specific to redraft. I don't think you can sell Terry McLaurin right now in Dynasty unless you, wanna, or you want to unless you want to flip him. If you really love this 2020 class, if somebody's willing to give you a first plus, uh, I'm you can take Terry McLaurin. Uh I want the running backs from this next class, um for my personal taste. Uh but in redraft, I think you're you're looking at a guy that started out super hot and he's on a bad team. And we have seen now that that is catching up to him. We don't know what they're going to do week to week at quarterback. Uh, if it's Dwayne Haskins, I don't think McLaurin has a ton of value going forward. He's not giving you those huge plays where he's scoring a touchdown. That efficiency isn't going to hold up at the, the the rest of the year. So, if you can flip a McLaurin and get an upgrade for somebody that's a little bit more consistent, um, that would be a trade I'd be willing to I, I'd be willing to sell McLaurin for. Uh, just because I think, I, I, again, if you can't trust him week to week, you need to find somebody that you can trust week to week. Um, so that's my take on those two. What do you think about Fuller and McLaurin?
0: Yeah, I'm good with that for sure. I mean, Fuller, I think you shop him. Um, and But you, know, you, you might not be able to get anything done in a redraft league, and, and I think he's droppable at that point, it sounds like. I mean – based on your analysis there. Uh, If you can't move him, just drop him and, uh, and clear some roster space. Uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good with the McLaurin move too. Uh, Let's get to our last segment here next week, this week with the idea being uh, you pick up these guys now for cheap or free and they become hot waiver priorities next week. And you just got them at a huge discount uh, by getting them a week early. So, I've got four guys for you that I'll just rattle off real quick, get your thoughts. And then if you come up with anyone that you want to add, we can definitely do that too. Um, But typically we go with four guys and I've got exactly four for you. So first of all, we mentioned earlier, we talked about Brandon Allen and the the Denver Broncos quarterback situation. Drew Locke. I don't think he's going to be any good, but he's going to be on a field. And he's going to be throwing to Cortland Sutton. He's going to be handing off to Phillip Lindsay. There's there's an opportunity. Uh, I think that Drew Locke probably, he he very likely makes it back and gets his first start uh, after the Week 10 bye. Uh, so we're a little early on Drew Locke, but now's the time to do it. Uh, Troy Main Pope, uh, the backup running back for the Chargers. Um, who uh I mean he's he's already seen fairly significant action uh before Melvin Gordon came back and was fully ready to uh, to take on his workload. And and we've talked about him in this episode as well. There's a chance that he gets traded and uh it, all of a sudden Troy Main Pope, the holy father, one of my all-time favorite, like deep sleeper guys. I, I love those crappy running backs that nobody's even heard of, much less cared about. Uh, And Troy Maine Pope is right up there with Boston. Scott for me is one of those guys. Um, He would take on a pretty significant role as well. If, if Melvin Gordon were to get traded. Uh, Tim Patrick, another Denver Bronco returning from IR. Uh, I think that he, uh, I believe he's eligible to return to come off of IR this week and begin practicing. And again, 21 days to be activated, but um, I think that uh, it'll be even shorter than that. I think you'll see Tim Patrick coming out of the bye as well. And then finally, Nick Foles also coming off of IR uh, quarterback for the Jaguars. And as much as, as fun as Gardner Gardner Minshew is, I, there's some, there's some concerns there as far as his consistency And if the Jaguars were to start losing games with Nick Foles on the bench, I think that you're going to see Nick Foles get a start or two, um, very possibly finish out the season. I still think Gardner Minshew is the long-term answer at quarterback for them, but I think that there's a good chance that Nick Foles gets some starts. And uh, I think think that you're going to be able to extract a little bit of super flex value.
1: yeah, I like all four of those. I think that's good. The only guy I would add um, at this point is Alexander Madison. I think that I think that we're getting we're getting closer and closer to that time of the year where uh, having those handcuff running backs that could become league winners is more and more important, and having your backup uh, fifth wide receiver, sixth wide receiver, um, fourth quarterback. Um, as we get through these bye weeks, yeah, those guys aren't as important for your teams long term. Um, Madison has, has by all intents and purposes, been pretty pretty usable. I mean, he's looked he's looked pretty good as a running back just coming in for spells. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about he he already has uh, he's averaging just just a shade under five yards a carry. Um, he has. One, two, three, four games where he's had over fifty-two rushing yards. This is on limited carries again. He's got one one game where he had forty-nine rushing yards. So uh, he's not giving you much in the in the receiving category. But if something were to happen to Dalvin Cook, we're talking about uh, a potential league winner here with Madison. So he's a guy that I think you kind kind of have to you know if you pick if he's for free this week, he's worth picking up. Um, just because I think we're going to get to the point in the year where those handcuffed running backs are are more and more um, becoming a, a thing of of value, so uh, you kind of got to predict the future a little bit here. And and with Dalvin Cook's injury history, he's a guy that Madison is a guy that I would want to have on my team uh, as opposed to just letting him sit out there and then trying to bid bid for him, you know, spend a bunch of money on him um, in Fab.
0: Love that one. So between six hosts of the Superflex Super Show, every single one who comes in here talks about Alexander Madison. So it's pretty rare with that many hosts to find a player that you're all in lockstep on, but Alexander Madison is that guy. This is very much an Alexander Madison podcast. So (laughs) if you haven't stashed him yet, there's one more voice telling you to do it now before it's too late. Love that one. So, we can wrap it up there though. Uh that again, yeah, those uh next week this week guys, those are great stashes now. Uh, and uh save yourself some fab for later in the season uh when uh the next Ty Johnson ends up on waivers and uh, you have to go heavy at him, go hard uh go hard at him. So uh with that though, we can wrap this up. And don't forget to check out, first of all, our, uh, our main episode, which is going to come out a little later this week than usual, but we're still going to have all five episodes this week. And of course, the live show, the mailbag show, send us your your questions, send us your trade polls, and we can, uh, we can answer those questions and analyze those trades on uh, the live show, live on YouTube. Uh, and you can also join the live chat, bring your questions there. Um, and uh, whoever ends up hosting that episode, they're going to be there live to answer whatever questions you've got. And then, of course, we've got our start sits later in the week, too, featuring Dr. Ethan Turner, giving us a full injury report on the entire slate of NFL games, getting you ready for the NFL weekend. So, so much coming from the Super Flex Super Show. Check them all out for Ethan Turner, E. Turner. FF underscore PT. I'm John Hogue as Superflex Dude, and this has been your Superflex standard operating procedures. Now go execute.